These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv ripping, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to the funniest people I know. I'm George Kaloris, and here with me today are my very funny co-hosts, Alexandria Sweat and Abigail Williams. How are y'all doing today? <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> Pretty good, George. America, I wish you could have heard George record this intro just now. We <laughs> <laughs> need funniest people bloopers because <laughs> everything that just happened, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling me out, guys. I'm so glad you have my back. You're welcome. We love you. Merry Christmas. Joining us this week is longtime friend of the pod and one of my favorite comedians, Neil Reddy. How's it going, Neil? What's up, George? How's it going? How's it going, Abigail? How's it going, Alexandra? It's going great. I got to say, Neil, your apartment that I'm seeing in the background is V-trendy. I love it. It is, but this is what you guys don't see. If I turn the camera a little bit here, see that dead plant? I'm not going to plant. I do. It's very dead. It's- that plant was trying to crawl out the window. Look how close <laughs> like, it angled itself to try to escape out into the window. He's not lying. This one's going to be dead for maybe like a month. It's close. But this one is completely dead. It's like if you turn the camera a little bit, you're in a desert. I tried. Plants are so hard. They're the hardest things in the world. They are. Somebody gave me an orchid as a thanks for inviting me to your house present. And I was like, no disrespect, but I am going to kill this in less <laughs> this than die. a week. This and was a bad present. You could have brought me alcohol. Home Depot enables my murderous plant ways because they accept returns on plants. So you can just bring the plant back and they give you store credit and you just get another plant. I had no idea this was it a thing. It is so bad. One time I was just seeing if they would take it back. I brought like a pot and had like one little stump. <laughs> dude looked at me and he just goes, really? And I go, yeah, I don't know. It just died. And he goes, what did you buy? <laughs> that's not important. He's like, I can't give you money back, but I give you store credit. I'm like, that's more than I thought I was going to get. Yeah, I'll take it. If you'll take this nasty stump of a plant, I'll take your store credit. It's had this toxic cycle of just killing plants and returning them, killing plants and returning them. They're going to regret that generous policy. They got some deal worked out, and it's Home Depot. They got plenty of money, and, you know, someone told me to get succulents. I'm like, I'm going to get succulent because you can't kill them. But I love the plant so much that I overwatered it, and I killed it. (laughs) He said, I love the plant so much. much. I I loved it so much. Neil's like... Is this a direct correlation between how you do relationships? I just, what is that, Michael Scott's problem? Isn't that what he says? I love too much. I love the plant so hard it killed itself. It just committed suicide. Wow. <laughs> kind of beautiful and sad at the same time. I have to, like, use different Home Depots so they don't catch on to what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Makes sense. We One time a guy recognized here. me. He's like, oh, you're back. And I just I went right back out with my dead plants. I didn't even try to return it to him because he recognized me. <laughs> What's the funniest thing that happened to you this week, Neil? The funniest thing that happened to me this week was I got a Instagram influencer deal to work with Bumble, which is hilarious because I am the worst online dater in the world. The worst dater, period. I just haven't been concerned with dating because there's a pandemic going on, so I really haven't cared. So now <laughs> I'm going like, to start to dip my toes back in. But I just thought it was so funny. When it got sent to me, I was like, is this a real thing? 
the fact that you feel like you struggle so much with dating, you're kind of like an underdog to root for now. Like if this was a sitcom, I'm rooting for Neil to win. If someone's forcing me to do it or like partnering up with me, I have to take it more seriously because I usually don't take it too seriously. I use horrible profile pictures and my bio is so sarcastic. People don't know if it's crazy. One time in my bio, I just wrote, let's skip all the chit chat and meet somewhere in the middle of the woods. Neil, that sounds really terrifying. I'm scared. Who would say yes to that? But people were like, that's a little too real. It could be serious. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm taking it seriously now. I'm going to do it for real. He's taking it seriously now. He's saying stuff like, let's have chit chat and then meet up in the woods somewhere. (laughs) He's not kidding. We have a mutual friend who a couple of years ago is like, hey, you got to see who I matched with. This profile is really funny. It was definitely Neil with a weird picture and some strange bio. <laughs> At one point, I didn't have a bio. It was just me in a hotel room showing my nipple, which looks like a Hershey's kiss. <laughs> I was at a bar. This was in like Noonan, Georgia, Griffin, Georgia. This dude came up to me. He's like, I know who you are. And this was years ago. So I was like, no one knows who I am. He's like, no, I know who you are. And he pulls out his phone and he goes to this text thread with one of his girlfriends. And she had sent him a screenshot of my profile. That is so funny. It's been passed around. What so weird. kind of world is that? <laughs> I have like you a famous for your profile super on long Tinder. beard. And all you saw was a beard and a nipple. Of course it was me. <laughs> Oh, my God. What's the hope behind this? Is it I hope that there will be a female out there or male who sees me for me and gets me. And that's how you know. Is this like a boundary you're putting up to see who's the right person? I am a funny, weird, sarcastic person. I've been in relationships with people that didn't understand I was sarcastic and I had to explain everything. It's just a headache. So it's kind of just like, hey, if you get this, then we're already on some sort of same wavelength. This is you saying... If you get me, you get me. You got to get past this. You're dating where you put this other personality out. And then eventually you end up either loving the person or hating the person, but you hate them because your real personality is starting to come through. I just want to be this from the get go. So no one's like, oh, man, you changed so much. Where is this coming from? Yeah. If you're getting with Neil Reddy, you're getting a guy with a long ass beard, nipples hanging out everywhere, <laughs> hangs out in the woods. By so people saw that and we're like, oh, you're not like some boring dude. You seem like you're just a little fun or whatever. You don't take it. So some people liked it, but not enough. Well, Neil, we think you're great. We know that you're fantastic. So all the luck in this endeavor. Bumble isn't ready for what Neil's got. I'm sure America's just clamoring to find out about Neil's nipple. (laughs) (laughs) Neil, I want to segue over to Saf. Oh, yeah. You guys know Saf, right? Yeah, the last time you were on here, you were on with him. Let me just give the backstory. Will used to be on the show before you guys kicked him out. Will's going to be like, you guys kicked me out? I knew you kicked me out. I knew it wasn't mutual. (laughs) Will's like, I thought I quit, but now I see. They were kicking me out the whole time. (laughs) Will contacted me and was like, hey, we have this person, Seth. He's a big fan of yours. Would you come on the show to surprise him because he likes you, follows you so much and all this stuff? So that's the reason why I came on the show the first time was to surprise Seth, this lowly Indian boy who I thought 
okay, this would make his day. So I get on the show and wow, it's like a good episode. I thought, I thought we, we talked to him and Zach was asking for help. He wants to grow and change and all this stuff. After the show, mm. he came up to me and he's like, Hey, I know this is weird, but do you mind if I have your number so we can like text? And maybe meet up and hang out. And I was like, yeah, no problem, man. Shoot me a text and I'll reply. Mm-hmm. And I replied back to him within 24 hours. I was like, hey, dude, great meeting you last night. If you ever want to hang out, grab a coffee, chit chat, let me know. And then didn't hear anything back from Saf. Never. Oh, no. Whoa, he asked you out. And then he was like, no. Nah. Reverse ghosted me. I felt slighted. And I was like, I didn't even really want to give him my phone number to begin with. And now I'm like, what is going on? And so then we do a sketch show that Will wrote. Broken 30? Yeah, Broken 30. And I'm doing a stand-up bit before the show. And I look down, and who do I see? Zaf, front row, sitting there. I stopped doing stand-up and just spent 10 minutes telling the story of how Zaf wronged me. It was at the beginning of the show, and it got big laughs. It was great. And then after the show, I'm thinking he's going to come up and be like, yo, I'm sorry, whatever. I came up to him after the show, and he just goes, what's up? On the show, he tries to pretend like he wants all this stuff, but then he's too cool for everyone, and it's driving me crazy. I end up doing a Home Depot instructional video with Will. Saf works at this company that's making these videos. I walk in, I'm like, oh, familiar face, Saf. I go, hey, man, what's up? And he goes, um, if you want to go to the back, you can get dressed, and there's Crafty over there. Doesn't say hi, no chat, no catch up. <laughs> like he's never met you before. Nothing. He has never completely mind effed you. I know. He went in there like, oh, I just want your attention. And then as soon as you gave it, he's like, no, you're going to want my attention. Jealous lover. This is what I am right now. Completely <laughs> jealous lover. All it makes me want to do is want to be his friend more, even though I don't want to be his friend. He's mean to me. <laughs> oh, my God. This is gaslighting 101. I want to bring him back on the show and show how on air he pretends to be this, oh, I need some help. I'm like, good night. But he's not. We have a complete confrontation <laughs> on the air. George, we've got to make this We happen. should definitely do this. Sal is asking people if they want coffee or tea. So I go, hey, man, I'll, I'll take some tea. Takes an hour to get a cup of tea in the machine is right outside the thing there. So he's coming back with three or four coffee and teas for everyone. And as a joke, I'm like, oh, man, what took you so long? I went to go grab the tea. I was just trying to be playful and fun, and I ended up knocking the whole tray. (laughs) (laughs) It was everywhere. Everywhere. And someone goes, Zach, what did you do? Oh, no. And he was like, you I felt so that. bad. And I was like, I'm trying to help him clean it up. He's like mumbling under his breath. He's like, you did this. Oh, you did this. Oh, he said my that. gosh, Neil. I didn't mean to. I'm not a bully. I'm not I gonna... just thought that he pretends he doesn't know you. Then this happens. He's like, I know you did this on purpose. It was the worst thing that could happen because I don't think he's ever going to try to this day, he still thinks I knocked over the tray of stuff on purpose. I'm clumsy. I grabbed it the wrong way and I knocked it over. Oh, my gosh. We need to know, Sap, if you're listening, yeah. what happened between you asking for Neil's number to the text to the day on set? What happened? We need answers, yeah. man. Sap got all this confidence and then he doesn't want to talk to me anymore. I've got a bone I need to pick with somebody, too. I don't think we're going to be able to get them on the show, though, because the person I need to pick a bone with is Lorne Michaels. SNL ripped me off last week. What? I'm sitting there minding my own business, watching some mediocre sketch comedy. Wow. Late on a Saturday night. Oh, strong words. Strong words. (laughs) 
Did you think it was mediocre Wait, before what? you found out they ripped you off? No. <laughs> I was enjoying myself until we got to a sketch and Chris and I looked at each other and we're like, that's my sketch. We've seen that on stage. I want to prove that SNL ripped me off. We did it on stage a couple of years ago. Abigail, you were in this. I can vouch for this. I was a part of this show. The sketch is called Christmas Surprise. We open on an exterior driveway Christmas morning. Doug leads Maureen outside with his hands covering her eyes. Ta-da! What? Look in the driveway. Huh? There's a big red bow on my car. Oh, Doug, what have you done? Surprise! You did not buy me a new Lexus. I sure did. Merry Christmas, babe. Jesus Christ, Doug. We have two mortgages and a kid in college. Poor Ryan. It's the Lexus December to Remember sales event. See your Lexus dealer and make this a December your loved ones will always remember. I want a divorce. Okay, that is my sketch. Your sketch specifically mentions the brand Lexus. This is not a good day. If Kevin came home and was like, babe, I brought you this $100,000 car, I'd be like, what the? Are you kidding me? That's my money, too, and I would not be happy about it. No one makes a big deal when a guy spends more money than he can afford on a ring. I would have Kevin sold a car to buy my engagement ring. My bougie ass is over here like, nah, pull up with the bow. Hong Kong, where's the keys, baby? Thank you. <laughs> Our girl, Alex, is keeping it real. How pissed are you next month, Alex, when you exactly. get a car note? I'm not getting no car note. You bought me a gift. That has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be receiving anything but the keys to the car, and that's it. That's all I'm receiving. It's a gift. But who's paying for the insurance? If someone buys you a car, you got to pay for your own insurance, or do you expect them to cover that, too? Yeah, and maintenance. They got to cover it all. Gas? If you're married, you're both paying for it. If you're not married, what if it's just a gift? Okay, if it's a gift, I don't care. If we're not putting our money together, I do not care. Buy me a car. Go into debt for me all day. I'll take the insurance. Why not? You got me a car. She's <laughs> <laughs> so generous. I'll even get the gas. I want to play the SNL version of the sketch now. <laughs> hey, Matt, I think there might be one more gift for your mom right there. It hasn't been a normal year, so this Christmas, get her something extraordinary during the Lexus December to Remember sales event. Nathan, you didn't. With flexible financing and 0% APR, there's never been a better time to buy or lease a new Lexus. Merry Christmas, baby. Are you kidding me, Nathan? Did you seriously buy a car without asking me? Well, because for Christmas... This is a major purchase! Okay, I'm just saying... (laughs) You know what else is very similar? You guys both said babe and baby. Ooh, and are you effing serious is like word for word. And it's a Lexus. It's not a BMW. It's not a Jaguar. You need to sue. Jury agrees. They ripped me off. I'm suing Lorne Michael. What you need to do, George, is write an angry tweet. How many followers do you have? Like at least a dozen. Okay. (laughs) Then nothing's going to happen, then I, you might as well. <laughs>
I'm going to mean tweet Lauren Michaels and make a scene and ensure that I never get a writing gig on SNL. But you should find out who wrote that sketch because it wasn't Lauren Michaels that wrote it. Tweet them and see what happens. Okay. That's what I'll do. I'm going to go after Becky Van Eyck. You know what's going to be crazy is when they show you video of the sketch being performed like seven years ago and you're like, oh. <laughs> like it's just an old sketch they recycled. We're going to be like, Neil Reddy <laughs> told us to do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing you under the bus. Neil, you're a great stand-up comedian. I always really enjoyed it when I get to see you perform, and it's been a long time. How have you been doing these days? Stand-up is definitely weird now because there's a pandemic going on outside, and you can't be near people. Talking on a microphone in a room is not really happening. They've been doing like some socially distant comedy shows where you're outside, which is okay, and everyone's kind of spread out, which is fine. It's cool to be performing again, but it's not the same energy. To, you don't feel that umph that you get from the audience when everyone's packed in together and laughing and having a good time. You don't have the interactions before or after the show, so you don't really talk to people after the show and chit-chat as much as you used to. But it's pretty good. It's just tougher to work out new material. We have a stage here. Do you want to use our stage to work out some new material? I can think of no better forum to work out a comedy bit than with an audience of three people. I know it's going to be great, and if you need another person, I think we should call Saf and get him. <laughs> I know a couple of you guys voted for Trump. I know, George, you for sure did. I did not vote for Trump, mainly because I'm not white. Well, I guess it's fine if you don't want America to be great again. <laughs> People like Trump like him for this weird reason, and it always makes me upset. They go, we like Donald Trump because he speaks his mind and he tells it like it is. I hate when people say that about anyone. You only say that about people saying mean things. Yeah. <laughs> right? No one's ever been like, hey, guys, Gandhi spoke his mind. <laughs> you know who spoke their mind and told like it was my grandmother? And she told me, Neil, if you ever marry a white girl, I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't speak English, so I don't know what she said at all. <laughs> people talk about Biden, and they talk about him being kind, and it's, like, refreshing to have a kind president is soft-spoken, is level-headed back in the White House. But me, I am just happy to have a president that can lightly jog again. That's like the main thing I look for in president. You guys like Kamala Harris? She's cool. Yeah, she's cool. You don't sound too enthusiastic about it. That's like the main reason I voted for Biden is because Kamala is half Indian. I'm full Indian enough. And people gave me crap for it. Like, oh, you're only voting for her because she's Indian. No, no, no. I'm voting for her because she's half black. I personally am really racist towards full Indian. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I like the fact that she's biracial. My nephews are biracial, too, but they're half Indian and half Puerto Rican. So I look at them now and I'm like, I don't know if you're presidential material. Wow. I actually had to ask my non-Indian friends how to pronounce her name. <laughs> So I don't know if you guys know Kamala's backstory. She has an Indian mother and a black father. And I can relate to her because I have an Indian mother as well. And so I saw Kamala talking about her mom in this video. And she was talking about all the hardships her mom went through, all the struggles her mom went through raising them, being an Indian woman in this country. I just started bawling because that's the same thing my mom went through. So I sent the video to my mom. I'm like, you got to watch this video. Her mom is just like you. You guys are exactly alike. You went through the same things. And my mom called me back and was like, I'm nothing like her mother. I'm like, what are you talking about, mom? And my mom's like, I've never made love to a black man before. <laughs> I've never made love to a black man either, but I still can relate to what's going on in the story. But my mom is very literal about everything, so she doesn't understand like comparisons in general. And the final thing is topical. Did you guys go out and protest? I protested. I protested. We're all protesters. I mean, here. I saw him on Instagram. 
He liked my <laughs> I liked him. Like, like. He liked a couple posts. I thought one of the coolest, see something that started on, because of the internet, right, communication, but actually went to real life action and people doing stuff versus just typing on their computers. I thought it was like a super powerful moment in this country. And I didn't appreciate when the other side, conservatives would call Black Lives Matter terrorists. Terrorists terrorized, right? Black Lives Matter, not terrorists. When was the last time you guys were like, oh man, did you guys see ISIS was blocking the highway again today? <laughs> I haven't seen that. That's so true. Did you guys hear what Al-Qaeda did today? They petitioned the government for criminal justice reform. That's never happened. That's not what terrorists do. <laughs> we were all processing one day and these cops were blocking the streets so we couldn't go into these side streets. And it was like 10 or 12 cops. They were all black. We we're all protesting. No one has an issue with the cops. We're just continuing to move on. And then this white dude peels off from us and he gets in the black cop's face. And he starts screaming at them. He was just so passionate. He starts screaming at the black cops. Black people are people too. And he kept screaming at it and none of us knew what to do. Oh, it was the most no. awkward no. moments ever. Oh. I agree that oh. black people are people too. But on the other hand, know your audience, bro. Right? And we were just like all paralyzed. Like, does he know that they're all black? If anyone understands like, the humanity of being a black person, it's an actual black person. Right. We didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, in the back of the crowd, this black dude just goes, Hey, white boy, they know. <laughs> my God! The white guy was so embarrassed because everyone heard him get screamed at by this black dude. The rest of the time, he didn't do a single chant. He just held his little sign and just walked. Yes, as he should. It was a time for him to go out there and be supportive. It was such an intense time, but it was just so weird to see people screaming at black cops that black people are people. That was the wrong time and the wrong moment for him to do the whitest thing he could do to no, yell at was... <laughs> No one was really bothering the cops. Like It was more about the lives that were lost. It wasn't about those police officers there. It was just in general the whole system people were fighting against. It, it was just so crazy that he kept screaming that. Maybe he practiced it at home and he just had to find someone to say it to. I don't want to know. Yeah, he's been practicing it all day and he's like, this is my big opportunity. Oh, wait, he's black. Well, I'm going to have to make a decision. Improvise. Go. <laughs> it's like just because yeah. they're cops doesn't mean they're no longer black. Like, <laughs> right. Just a job. You can step out of that uniform. You can't step out of pen. Just to be clear. But that's okay. <laughs> that's all the new material I'm working on. That's really good thank stuff. You, thank you, thank I you. love that. Yeah. I hope you can get that up on a stage in front of a deserving yeah, audience. I'm... Awesome, guys. It's your girl, Alexandria, back again with a little game. You know, it's Christmas time, holiday season, all the holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. And what better <laughs> way to celebrate a holiday than by finding out the prices of potential gifts, food, supplies, and things you need? Let's play. The price is right. We like to get the holidays started with our friends and family. What better way to start than with a Ninja Bread gingerbread cookie kit? Makes Ninja gingerbread cookies in four hilarious shapes. Easy baking activity, perfect for holidays or at-home fun, includes gingerbread cookie mix, royal icing mix, candy beads, 
piping bag, and four ninja cookie cutters. Great for children, teens, or adults of all ages. Now tell me, guys, what's your price? $14.52. I'm going eight bucks. I'm going with 20. All righty. We have eight bucks, 14.50, and $20. And it goes to Neil, the Ninja Brick. Oh, wow. For $14.79 on Amazon. In the world where a cookie kit is almost $15, I don't even want to live in a bargain and a twice the price. I just guessed the price. I heard four cookie cutters, and that's what I went off of. $15 for flour and a cookie shape. That's great. All righty. Nothing's better than a good appetizer to set the party right. (laughs) And what better appetizer than a great port wine spreadable cheese ball? How much do you think that costs? I'm going to say 18 $18 for a cheese ball. Yes. <laughs> you said port wine. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Abigail said $18 for a port wine cheese ball. All righty, guys. Listen, if a gingerbread cookie kit is almost 15 I don't know what world I'm living in right now. Okay, I'm just lost. Oh, man. Uh... Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Okay. Eighteen dollars. Eight dollars. George, what you got? I'm going with negative two dollars because you'd have to pay me to take that from the store. George, you are our winner at negative two dollars. The cheese ball has a retail price of two dollars and how much do you all think a whole ham from Honey Baked Ham at 17 pounds runs? $70. Seventy dollars already. $79. $79. Oh, that was my guess. I'm going with $99. Ah, from 79 to $99? What a ridiculous jump. Well, Abigail, I think I'm going to shatter your world because George is the closest with a whole 17 pounds. Honey baked ham. Have you been Googling this, George? Tell the truth. Are you over there? This is what I thought I would cheat (laughs) Coming in at $100 for a pig. It's $120.95 to be exact. Don't forget that great honey baked ham quality. I saw people waiting in line before Thanksgiving for $130 honey baked ham. That's crazy. (laughs) Now, if you're my mom, you found a coupon for half off sometime in October or early November, and you've been saving that bad boy (laughs) until the week. And what better way to round out the holidays than with your gift-giving love and joy? Why not give the gift of the appliance of the year? The Yeti Total Package Air Fryer Oven XL. How much do we think? This Yeti Total Package Air Fryer Oven XL retails for. I'm just going to say $500 and I'm calling it a night. I'm going to go with $325. I'm going to go with $399.99. Oh, you would. You all went way high. I don't know what type of air fryer you all are getting. But <laughs> well, I obviously this don't air have fryer one. Retails for $148.95 at your local Walmart. 
That's not true because a Yeti tumbler, like you just put one glass of stuff in, is like five hundred dollars. That's what I was thinking. Is it a different Yeti? No, no. You gentlemen obviously did not open the document that Alexandria sent us because Yeti is spelled with a T, and this is a Yeti. Oh man! (laughs) It's the designer imposter. I still went for five hundred. So who's the real idiot here? They call themselves the Yeti. Exactly what happened, Neil? Marketing one hundred and one. Man. Neil, Alexandria and I have taken on this ridiculous challenge to watch all, what, 97, 100 made-for-TV holiday movies that came out this year. My favorite type of movie is a rom-com, and I watch a lot of holiday rom-coms, not even joking, so I'm all for this challenge. Yes. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Last week, Alex, we checked in, and I had watched many, and you had watched (laughs) one. How'd you do this week? Did you watch... Two? I did. And <laughs> the two that I watched. Wait, Alex, you said you watched two? And last week you watched how many? One. She's at about three fiftieths of the challenge. Last week she's like, throw down, George. Watch out. It's a competition. I'm coming at you hard. <laughs> she's going to finish by next Christmas if you have 90 movies to do. <laughs> no, I watched three movies. One movie experience was so bad because... BT as an app just sucks and it kept starting and stopping and nobody had time for that mess. It was very, very disorienting, very jarring. And I want my money back, BET. I want my time back. It took me three hours to watch an hour and a half movie. <laughs> That's bad. I watched A Sugar and Spice Holiday. A Christmas Ever After, which was very lovely. And I think that as romance novel fans, we would enjoy that one. And the third one I saw was A Christmas Surprise on BET. None of these held up to Jingle Jangle. We should have put Jingle Jangle at the end because everything else has been so lackluster, except for A Sugar and Spice Holiday. What's missing in the rom-com Christmas movies I'm not enjoying, it's not enough development. You can't go from being a sourpuss successful holiday book writer to meeting some random whimsical man in a forest cabin, and then all of a sudden he changes your whole ideology on love, life, and the pursuit of happiness. It just doesn't happen like that. I want to know how you go from being that strong businesswoman to having a woodsman sweep you off your feet. Neil, I need some help here because there's like a hundred of these and my viewing partner has seen two. (laughs) I'm going to make you an honorary member of the challenge and check off some movies you've seen. So what have you seen? I saw Happiest Season. How did you like that one? I've heard good things. It's good. I was kind of torn. Majority of the movies about like a really toxic person. So I didn't really like it as much as I thought I would. One of the girls in relationship I think is super toxic to the other girl. I just thought it could be a little more romance. Let It Snow. Let It Snow is a good one. Operation Christmas Drop, I would skip it. The Holiday is pretty good. There's funny moments in it. I didn't watch the Dolly Parton one because I heard weird things about it. What? It's not good, Why is wouldn't it? you watch a movie with Dolly Parton in it? I saw the Dolly Parton one. It's Tell not great. Don't it's let not good. Sway. I know it's not like good. like you're watching a video of a stage musical, but don't nobody like Dolly. So I put it on my nice list. 
There's a nice scene between Christine Baranski and a little girl bartender, and I think that that's the best part of the movie. I know it's not a good movie because I know women that are Dolly Parton fanatics. Not a single one of them has recommended me to watch that movie. Not a single one has posted, like, you should watch this movie. It's amazing. They've all seen it, and they all just go silent after seeing it because they know it's not that good. Princess Switch Part 2, it's okay. Princess Switch Part 1 is much better. There's a new Christmas Prince movie. It's different than the Princess Switch. But here's what Netflix did. They're combining all these worlds. You see cameos from other characters in other movies. They're building this whole Marvel-type universe. (laughs) That may be the best description that I've heard about any sort of Christmas thing, that they're making a Marvel universe around these Hallmark Christmas horrible movies. Holiday calendar is pretty good, I thought. That's the one about a magical advent calendar. It's also good because it's a minority-based movie, so it's nice to see people taking a chance and be like, okay, cool. Like, that's what I liked about Jingle Jangles. Like, they took a chance, and they made a Christmas movie with all minorities in it, and nothing exploded. The world didn't end. Neil, it's interesting yeah, that it you fantastic. say that, because looking at the Lifetime movies especially, I noticed so much diversity. You could tell that the diversity, equity, and inclusion team come in. I believe there's a gay couple. One of the lead characters in one of the movies uses a wheelchair. They just showed how normal her life is. She was driving and she's living it up. Alex, I'm definitely whooping your ass because I saw Ten and a Half. Wow, George. How's your marriage doing? I Um, think we should check in there first. It's becoming a problem. I got Chris to watch one. He hasn't forgiven me yet. Luckily, he's dealing with finals, and so I can sneak away while he's working to watch them. To go down the list real quick, I saw Dolly Parton Christmas on the Square. You thought it was terrible. Keep going. I'm a large gay man when it comes to Christine Baranski, so it kind of won my heart. And like I said, there's a scene with her and the little bartender. There's a weird song about in vitro, which is just such a strange thing to sing about. Dolly's nice. I don't want to say anything mean about Dolly, so I put it on the nice. Neil is over here rolling his eyes, Mary. I'm rolling my eyes <laughs> because it wasn't called Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. If it was called Christmas on the Square, you wouldn't even be talking about it right now. You'd be moving on with your life. Absolutely. You're 100% right. Neil, why do you think people like Dolly Parton? I think she's an immensely talented songwriter, one of the most talented songwriters of all time, up there with Prince. She stars in a lot of movies, which doesn't have to do with that. Why do you think people like her? You think it's because of her I don't think anything. I'm like, ooh, where are we going? This is good. This is good. I don't I know. know. It's actually always. I know why people like it because she writes great music. I know what you're kind of inferring, but I don't. I don't know. That's whoa, 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 Neil, Neil, <laughs> Neil. I'm not inferring anything. I'm asking an innocent question, and you are not answering it. You're certainly not asking an innocent question. <laughs> I saw a little Christmas charm where a consignment store owner finds a charm bracelet in the jacket pocket and tries to track down the owner. And she joins forces with an investigative reporter, and they find love. That's it. That's the whole movie. It's about returning a charm bracelet. No one cares about this mystery but them, myself included, on the naughty list. Christmas, she wrote, with Dana McKellar. She's an advice columnist who meets a stranger who rips her dress at a Christmas party. Turns out he's her new editor-in-chief and fires her from her job then changes his mind and follows her to her hometown at Christmas to try to get her back, and they end up falling in love. Are you reading the official descriptions of these movies, or are these descriptions you made up? 
No, this is the description I've written down. This is not the official description. Yeah, because I sound really weighted towards the negative in the circuit. I love that he's like, how could this possibly be the official? I know. <laughs> it's a trash movie, but it's the only one that acknowledged gay people exist. So it gets one positive point. Otherwise, it's on the bad list. And the gay couple's not interesting or worth watching the movie for them. Mm. Then my favorite I watched this week is A Christmas for Mary, starring Vivica Fox and Jack A. Harry. I specifically <laughs> picked this movie because I was excited about hearing Jack A. Harry say Mary. <laughs> the movie's really stupid. Jack A.'s daughter <laughs> finds a painting in the attic and also a diary and a photo of a woman who looks exactly like the woman in the painting. And she's like, oh, this must be Mary. She's wearing the exact same outfit. And so she tries to track down who Mary is and ends up falling in love with Mary's grandson. Can we also acknowledge that George is just ruining all these movies? Who's going to watch these movies now? Ruining them. Ruining them. America knows what they're getting into when they listen to this recap. Can we at least get a spoiler <laughs> alert? I'm, like, actually sad right now because I'm like, these are all movies I'm never going to be able to watch. Neil genuinely looks upset, guys, if you could see what we're seeing. The props department certainly spared expense because they had these journals with burnt edges and water-stained letters. Her grandfather was a pirate, so it was just really, really cheaply done. But it had J.K. Harry. She said, Mary, I'm putting it on the nice list. George, you're attacking the props. You're the pettiest person. <laughs> no, it pulled me out of the movie. These we props need to change the so name of this podcast to the pettiest people I know. <laughs> <laughs> These are the pettiest people I know. Godmothered on Disney Plus is Jillian Bell, who's hilarious in everything. She plays a fairy godmother in training who attempts to save the other fairy godmothers by bringing a happy ending to a woman in need. That part about the godmothers, totally cute, like seeing the godmother point of view. Then halfway through the movie, it turns into a freaking lifetime holiday rom-com. It gets super boring, and I put on the naughty list, even though I wanted okay. to like it. Crafty Christmas Romance. Woman finds a letter to Santa in a secondhand store and takes the responsibility of tracking down the writer and giving it back to them. She doesn't take the responsibility to track down Santa? Wow. No, the letter had a very valuable coin in it that's worth over $30,000, and she never thought to throw away the letter and put the coin in her pocket. Yeah, the only right answer to that. This is the third movie I saw where somebody finds something in, like, a thrift store and feels the need to return it to the owner, and the owner kind of forgot it existed and doesn't really care. And how did he get up in the thrift store anyway? The owner put it there, okay? Stop. Well, they couldn't have intentionally left their letter in this book. It must have been a mistake that needs to be a mystery. And there's no mystery. It's not that interesting. It's like, okay, who's Judith? Like, I could give a who Judith is. <laughs> a Glenbrook Christmas. A billionaire heiress decides to spend Christmas in a town called Glenbrook, where she meets a handsome fireman. Shocking. That doesn't sound like any Christmas movie I've ever heard of. <laughs> That's it. That's all that happens. <laughs> The whole plot is spoiled. Have you guys ever seen a hot fireman? Wow, exist wow, in life? Neil. I think it's a cliche. I'm just, it's a question. Yes. Have yes. you? But really? I'm not going to name him because we're professional friends and it would be weird. You're not going to put him in a calendar? No way. I'm just saying. Most people would describe him as hot. I am not saying that, but most people I know would describe him in that way. 
Look, Neil, stop rolling your eyes. Let's just move on. <laughs> Love, Lights, and Hanukkah. I like this one because it's one that is not about it's not a Christmas. Christmas movie. Next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Mary Lou Henner and Ben Savage of Boy Meets World fame. And it's about a shopaholic Italian chef who gets a DNA test that tells her, get this, she's half Jewish. So she immediately, immediately, (laughs) immediately, like within seconds, connects with someone who's like, hey, we're relatives. Do you want to come for brunch? And that's where she runs into Ben Savage, the food critic who once called her lasagna predictable. This is just... I don't like it. Let's go to the next mm. one. I can't even listen to the description. I don't even know what happens on this one because like Alex, I had app drama and the Hallmark app sucks. And if it freezes on you or if you pause it for too long or if you stop the movie, you have to watch it all over again from the beginning. And I was not watching this all over again from the beginning. So I know what happens up until the brunch scene. And I couldn't tell you what happens after that. But I'm assuming that Boy Meets World and this lady fall in love. Good assumption. Fair assessment. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas Chronicles 2. Kurt Russell is Santa. Netflix is Christmas <laughs> Chronicles 2. It's a sequel to a movie I have not seen. Starring Kurt Russell as Santa Claus and his real life wife, Goldie Hawn, plays Mrs. Claus. Goldie Hawn makes Mrs. Claus the hottest Mrs. Claus in cinema history. Remarkable. I was like, oh, she doesn't look like a grandma. She looks like Goldie Hawn. Interesting. That's the most interesting thing about this movie. I am not the target audience. The villain is a chubby teenage kid with a bad attitude. Who did Goldie Hawn beat to be the hottest Mrs. Claus in history? Who are the other people that you're thinking? Lots of frumpy, white-haired ladies in bonnets. I just imagine George writing down all the lists of Mrs. Clauses that he's ever seen and being like, hot, not, hot, (laughs) not. My Mrs. Claus hot or not list? (laughs) Yeah. Please make that a real list. I will follow up with that. Don't you worry. And then Toys of Terror, the sci-fi holiday horror film. A family goes on a getaway for Christmas to a potential real estate investment that they know and is obviously an old haunted children's hospital. So if you've ever watched Toy Story and wished it was a live action, low budget horror film, this is the I have often wished that. This is great. I'm going to watch it. Abigail, you'll love this. It has everything you want in a movie. Creepy kids, a mysterious nanny, a musical number, haunted hospitals predictive video games, a murdersome crib, killer ornaments, and a psycho monkey. Is this a real yeah. horror movie? Yeah. Or is this like a family-friendly horror movie? <laughs> oh, no, it's not family-friendly. It's pretty bloody and gruesome, and the ornaments attack and try to so kill a woman. <laughs> Your son should not watch it. When the garland chokes her and then the angel at the top of the tree tries to stab her, it's, it's yeah. a little frightening. I'm putting this on the nice list. I think it's the most interesting movie. What a bizarre thing to put on the nice I, list, George. Okay. <laughs> George's movie taste Dolly Parton Christmas in this terror movie where kids get tortured Jingle Jangle still remains the best one I've seen so far we definitely we can go ahead and safely declare yeah. Jingle Jangle the winner we already know that it is yeah because it actually took risks too it's not easy to do a whole musical movie and have it be interesting for people that aren't into musicals honestly yeah the wardrobe was great the right. set was great the acting was great it was totally fun Nobody's going to beat it. We're not even vying for that place anymore. 
I'm not even into musicals, but I liked it. Normally when I watch a musical, I fast forward through the song parts, but I actually enjoyed the songs in Jingle Jack. I don't even know what to say to that, Neil. You need to put that in your bio on Tinder. (laughs) 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 Women need to know that about you before you guys go out. (laughs) Oh, God. I fast forward through the songs in musicals. Hey, I'm Neil. You think you like me now? Wait till you hear what I actually do. I fast forward through songs and musicals. (laughs) All right, this has been another episode of Funniest People I Know. Thank you so much to our guest, Neil Reddy, for joining us. It's always so great to have you on the show. Thanks, Neil. Yay, we did it. Neil, where should people follow you? Bumble, and then Instagram at Neil Loves You, N-E-A-L Loves You, all spelled out. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to our amazing producer, Jane Boynton, who edits the show. If you enjoy the show, please like, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. We're available on every service. We are now on Audible Podcast, which is awesome, and Pandora, which is also huge. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. 